0: and welcome to another episode of Provoke, a podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we are recording in the Evoke Advertising Studios in sunny Orlando, Florida. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about the dreaded M word. That's right. Millennials. You know, everybody wants a piece of us, but no one is able to figure us out. It's pretty much par for the course at this point. Essentially, we're going to talk about everything from how to market to millennials to, you know, figuring out the pain points of why we are the way we are. Spoiler alert, because we're literally like every other generation. But more on that later. And so I guess before we get to that, I kind of wanted to talk about a article that one of our listeners sent us over the weekend. Um, Basically, it's it's an article that was published by The Washington Post back on March 10th. And just to give you the the headline, ex-CIA director Michael Hayden uh, says millennials leak secrets because they are, quote, culturally different. Hmm. Now, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what the culturally different part means, but I have a funny feeling that we'll probably be covering that in our diversity and inclusion episode a little later. <laughs> um, so essentially, to kind of break down the article, Hayden says that the reasons, one of the driving forces as to why uh, Snowden, who is now 33, uh kind of made the choice to divulge reams and reams of national secrets out into the open, it was because millennials, for better or for worse, are more likely to shirk the idea of personal and professional privacy. Now, here's here's my issue with that. I don't think there is a generation out there right now that knows more about being private than millennials. How many times have you heard or read an article by Forbes or Business Insider or some 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 similar website that's given you 7, 10, 12, 25 ways on how to increase the security and the privacy of your social media pages so you can get a job, get a get a husband, get into a relationship, buy a cheeseburger. you know there have been so many different think pieces out there that have tried to tell us how to privatize our lives online. But as speaking as a millennial, an aging millennial, I can tell you right now that if you tried to look up my name, you would get three pieces of information, nothing more, nothing less. I have done everything that I can to make sure that my 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 online life, my social media life is privatized and is open to only those who really need to see what I'm doing. That's about it. And I think I can I I, I don't know if I can safely speak for every millennial, but I'm pretty confident in saying that most of us know exactly what we are doing when it comes to privatizing our lives, even if it's at even if it comes at jeopardizing or potentially jeopardizing national security. So, Mr. Hayden. Um, I don't know where you're getting this from. I don't know what other baby boomers you've been talking to in the past few weeks, but I can assure you that you will never have to worry about me or people like me divulging any unnecessary secrets to anyone at any place at any time. So, with that said, let's move on with the show. All right, everybody, we are back. Um, I have a special guest in the studio. Uh tell everybody. Hey, out there.
1: Hey, I'm Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am the director of agency Happiness for Evoke.
0: Thank you for stopping by, Sam.
1: No problem.
0: All right, so we're going to get right into it and talk about those nasty, nasty millennials that oh, everybody yes. hates. We, loves, to, loves to hate.
1: We I love to hate myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of hate and okay. hatred, um, what's one or a few of the misconceptions that you tend to hear a lot about millennials, whether it's in the workplace or in culture?
1: Um. I feel like, especially in the in the agency realm, we hear a lot about um, millennials kind of being flighty. Mm-hmm. Um, it I think it comes with the idea of instant gratification we have cell phones we have all this technology at our disposal Mm -hmm. um and we sort of grew up in the in the fast-paced world of parents coming out of the 80s and 90s where everything you know we worked hard as americans yeah um it it was a period of economic growth and then a period of economic downturn as Mm -hmm. we we got older um so that means our parents had to work really hard and we had to work really hard which kind of means that we want things now yeah um so there's a rush idea there. And then um, there's also a misconception where millennials kind of feel entitled. Okay, yeah, speak um, on I, that. I'd I want like to I wanna dig into that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, am, I come from a square mile town called Riverside, New Jersey, which is outside of Camden, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, which is across the, across the river from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am in a position of uh, making more money – right now and and sort of having dug my way out of a really lower uh lower middle class or or upper lower class economic situation Mm -hmm. um so that idea that all of us as a blanket generation are entitled yeah um is a little wild to me just because um you know i've worked really hard Mm -hmm. i'm a college dropout i funded college myself Mm -hmm. um and I've, I've worked really hard. There was a period where I had three jobs. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I resent that a little bit <laughs> in the most millennial way possible. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's kind of um, just like a, a double standard. Yeah. Like how do you, being resenting things that you should resent turns into like this, oh, well, you know, millennials. That's like, a millennial so. thing. It's such a millennial thing.
1: Yes. Um, How do you feel You're on the On the later end I'm I'm 20 Oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) I'm 23 Mm -hmm. And Um, I'm I'm 30 Okay Okay. So uh, How do you feel On the On the entitlement scale
0: Well uh... I, I don't think for a second that I've deserved or not so much deserved I've just I've I deserved anything without putting the work in yeah and that's just, that's such a weird kind of sentiment that a lot of mm-hmm. older especially older generations Gen Xers and baby boomers tend to have about Millennials but but here's the thing about it I feel like every generation has been a quote unquote millennial at yes. some point in their lives yes. like Everybody has felt like they've put in some sort of work and deserve the reward for it. Like everybody feels like that, you know, the things that they want in life need to happen now, not right. not not later. Now, mm-hmm.
1: before so, us, the baby boomer generation was the entitled generation. Yeah, they
0: were the me generation. Right. Yes, yeah.
1: for sure. Um, so I, I think that there's a a drive where um, we are one of the better educated, just because school has become more. Federally regulated Mm -hmm. it's become more state regulated um which has come with its challenges absolutely um i myself am am a product of the no child left behind generation Mm -hmm. um but not to get too political here um (laughs) we'll save
0: that for another episode we will
1: (laughs) um in general uh there might be a, an an entitlement issue when it comes to us uh, feeling like we have to go to school. Yeah, um, there's a big push mm-hmm. for millennials um, to have a college education and mm-hmm. to have secondary schooling. Um, and I'm really glad that I work in the advertising industry because <laughs> I did not, um, I do not find myself at a disadvantage mm-hmm. having not finished school.
0: And that's actually a pretty good segue into the next question. Um, I was kind of thinking about this yesterday before I came before we started recording. And just uh, a lot of people tend to miss the mark when it comes to marketing to millennials. So. This is, I guess, this is an opportunity to kind of to crack the code for people out there. I, I feel like people are waiting with bated breath, trying to figure out exactly what are the some of the best ways to market to millennials in this day and age.
1: I saw this commercial, and as soon as I I saw this question, I th- I thought of this commercial immediately because mm-hmm. it's it struck such a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this commercial from Diamonds Are Forever.
0: Okay. Oh, is that um, like De beers? Is that De, De beers yes, or it's something the De beers like that? Okay. Yeah. I
1: I believe. Um, maybe someone in the comment section will tell me yeah (laughs) but um there is a diamond commercial um that markets directly to millennials Mm -hmm. and the idea is um it's it's this younger girl probably in her mid to late 20s um on a camping trip with a young man of about the same age and they're both very attractive and it's Mm -hmm. very you know misty mountain colorado side okay okay um but she is talking about, we might not be together forever, but diamonds are forever. Huh. Yeah. So okay. So, she is, like, perpetuating the idea post-1929 or uh-huh. whenever we started buying into the diamonds thing uh-huh. Um, that... You can still want a diamond and still be an individual and still be a millennial, huh. um, because millennials don't buy diamonds. <laughs> we don't buy diamonds. We don't buy cars. We don't buy homes. We don't buy anything. Yeah, because we're broke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, not to get too political, that's mm. the student debt issue. Yeah. That's um, a- again, I just thought that, that was so interesting, and it was really well done. And uh-huh. I'm not a diamond person. Yeah. I am kind of boyish in the exterior. Okay. So. Um, I don't, I wouldn't buy a diamond now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly don't have the budget for it. Um, I mean, but it I thought that that was a really interesting take on a way to make a millennial feel like an individual and make them um, realize that that diamond companies who historically are you know mm-hmm. extremely well off um, are not really in it for just the money. They're in it to make you feel like um, you can perpetuate a historical stereotype or or follow a tradition mm-hmm. without buying into the idea that you have to have this huge rock on your finger mm-hmm. um and I, I thought that that was done really well again on the other side of that coin there are a lot of commercials that sort of play into memes
0: okay okay
1: um I forget who it was for right now but there's a commercial really recently that's there's a guy who personifies the internet huh and he has uh, like a div uh, open and closing. It's like div open yeah, body yeah, yeah. and then div close yeah. in HTML uh-huh. um, on the back of his neck. And he has like <laughs> ten cats. And he like rides the interweb, and his whole house is memes. And he like gets Amazon Prime delivered to his door. Okay. Um, and I feel like that's really popular right now. Is huh. taking internet sensations like virality things and pulling them into commercials in an attempt to advertise to millennials
0: so but is it effective no it's (laughs) (laughs) pokey. um
1: it comes off as very researched Mm -hmm. and the issue with the right now technology focused generation is that by the time something makes it into production an internet meme or a facebook meme it's old it dies before it gets Placed in media.
0: Yeah. Um, Like, five minutes on the internet is, like, 20 years in real life. Yes. Yes. So,
1: right now, do you remember the old memes that were impact font, like, white impact font on a picture? Yeah, yeah. Those don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the irony stage of memes. <laughs> <laughs> so when we've, someone, we've gone full meta. Yeah. So like when someone puts like pizza and cats, like these are millennial things. And like, it's kinda it's like, just like you, you,
0: you could spot it from a mile you could spot yeah. the BS from a mile away. Yeah,
1: it's not just BS, it's 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 uh direct pandering. Uh-huh. And, and just fingers crossed hoping like, this'll be funny. Um mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, it can feel forced, but it can also be it can be kind of effective if Mm -hmm. you want your videos to go viral Mm -hmm. Um, because not everybody is on the same the same path Um, to sort of jump back and forth a little bit not every millennial feels entitled Um, not every millennial is on top of the same thing Um, and I think that Generalizations, as we make a podcast episode about generalizations, mm-hmm. are difficult to pin down in this market because millennials want to feel individual
0: mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, and I, I, I and to kind of speak to that. It, it's hard in advertising because everything has to be compartmentalized. Right. Like you have to be able to put people in certain boxes and labels and personas. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of puts you at a disadvantage when you're targeting or marketing to a group that feels such a strong sense of sense of individualism. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's and a nobody challenge.
1: wants to be marketed to directly. No, no, no. Mm-mm. So those um, those viral videos or things that feel intentionally viral mm-hmm. um, can feel very advertised. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like the Diamond commercials, because it's a very much indirect. Yeah. Advertisement. Um, and there are a lot of car commercials lately that feel a little more indirect, like um, like the hamster ones. Oh, that's for the the really, Kia Soul. Yes, that's the not Kia Soul? really selling me anything. Yeah,
0: you don't you don't realize they're just, they're, they're selling you a car until they're the very end.
1: Yes, but you're just sort of like, what the hell <laughs> am I looking at? Yeah, and, you know, you're kind of. My stepdad loves those commercials. Well, because it, it was a yeah. whole storyline.
0: It was a whole storyline about these hamsters who were kind of chunky
1: into hip hop, and
0: then they they there was that part where they got they went to the gym yes. and they were going <laughs> to an award show. And yeah. It was kind of like the whole like glow up upgrade you kind of thing. Yeah. And it, if, if, it, it created a story, and people mm-hmm. were compelled by people that. People were very compelled by that. <laughs>
1: that has stuck around yeah. for, for a number it's, of years. Oddly enough, yeah. 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 Um. So you have to find that balance between marketing something mm-hmm. well and having a high production value mm-hmm. and you know, doing your research and saying, like, these are the things that are popular with this generation right now. But you also can't overdo it mm-hmm. because that sort of peels back the layers of... Too many layers means they're all just gonna fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you have to create a
0: path of least resistance. It's
1: like wearing too many coats and (laughs) being real warm. You gotta take something. Yeah, take something off. Yeah.
0: So, uh, moving on, we wanted to kind of talk about some emerging trends. So, are there any kind of trends and, and trends as far as the way advertisers market to millennials that you've seen, or any kind of tactics that you've kind of come across that you think would either be Effective or ineffective towards reaching that millennial consumer? Um, like, for example, a lot of people tend to talk about influencer marketing. Like right. being able to get a YouTube star or a mm. Twitter celeb to kind of hawk a product. The
1: thing about, I watch a lot of YouTube, and mm-hmm. the thing about influencer marketing to me is that I don't seek out, influencer marketing is difficult, I believe, because many times you're not, you're either not seeking it out. Or you have specifically looked for it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to buy a product, I find that this is something that a lot of people in my generation do. Mm -hmm. When you are going to buy something, I'll look for reviews immediately. Okay. Because we have the vast internet to find uh, reviews on things that we might want to buy that even if it's not a high ticket item, I'm still going to look up what it looks like because I buy a lot of things online, Mm -hmm. which is another really millennial thing. Or I already follow someone on youtube or already follow someone on twitter and gotcha. they're recommending this product and saying i really like this but they're being honest about it mm-hmm. and i think that influencer marketing has sort of stepped back from the kylie jenner style this is how i eat my ramen sort of <laughs> thing um to being very listen i was paid to do this mm-hmm. because that's that's the regulation on it you have to say like yeah. i was paid yeah especially on youtube thing, especially on youtube, on YouTube. Um, But on Instagram, they're tightening up up those laws now. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: On Twitter, they're tightening up those laws, and you have to tag them, hashtag ad.
0: Or or like, what, SPON or something like that, sponsored?
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. So if I haven't looked for an influencer to help market a product, and it just sort of shows up on my feed, at least it's honest. And they're saying, listen, I use this product. I follow a lot of people that make costumes or that make... Uh, crafts or that play video games Mm -hmm. Um, so people that are um, reviewing Breath of the Wild right now Mm -hmm. the new Legend of Zelda Zelda game game. are Mm -hmm. being very honest about it Um, and you can tell that it's honest because they have they have pros and cons
0: Mm
1: so that that's that's what I feel the trend is following for influencer marketing.
0: So basically there's nothing wrong with someone that you look up to or revere whether it's online or, or offline to 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 kind of promote a product because you you understand that if someone who gains popularity and they use certain items, whether it's a new set of headphones for gaming or Mm -hmm. or a joystick, like they're eventually going to get tapped by a company that's either that or someone similar to Mm -hmm. kind of further promote their products. Right.
1: And that sort of helps them, um, you know, as someone who believes, follow your dreams do the thing, you know, create what you want. These uh-huh. are people that are creators usually. Yeah. So if they have gotten a sponsorship deal and they're still, you know, being driven to be honest about the thing that they're reviewing, then you you know that A, they got helped out by that company. Mm-hmm. Um, but B, uh, you know, they, they really appreciate the product and they enjoy the product. Um, another thing that I have noticed um, in an emerging trend for millennial marketing is mm-hmm. that we we take aesthetics and sort of put them across a whole product. So branding, okay. I think, has become way more important okay. than uh, just saying this product is effective. They want it to look a certain way. So huh. there's a lot of cosmetic companies mm-hmm. and a lot of um, clothing companies that have taken up their brand and expanded it into, like, a whole fashion movement. Okay. So, there's a cosmetic company called Milk. And all of yeah. their packaging is super... It looks like the Tumblr aesthetic. Like yeah. Like, it's super clean and white mm-hmm. and fresh and limited color. But it works. And I see people buying their products because they're like, oh, listen, like, this might not be the best. Mm-hmm. Or this might be, like, a subtle makeup product. Um, but they buy it because they're like, wow, like, this, this packaging looks really cool. This brand represents itself as one solid brand.
0: So so more people people are tend, tend to buy into the brand or the lifestyle almost. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Almost like Apple.
1: Exactly. So if you you find that you follow that like clean pastel goth Tumblr mm-hmm. aesthetic, you might buy a milk product. If you like want to look like a unicorn, mm-hmm. you might buy a um You might buy into Lime Crime makeup, or you might buy into Supreme as a brand, um, because they put their logo on everything. Yeah, yeah, they do absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thrasher is a skate company Mm -hmm. that people who don't skate wear because Mm -hmm. they like the way that it looks and they like the aesthetic, and that brand name has become not just a brand, but a signifier of a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. and of a certain aesthetic.
0: Yeah. One example that comes to mind is uh Vans. Yeah. Like Vans has been doing the same thing for over 40 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And, and they've
1: broken out of the warp tour crowd. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Like I had to throw away my checkerboard slip-ons. Aww, why would you throw
1: <laughs> them away? Just keep them. In fifty years, they'll be worth a million dollars.
0: <laughs> if if no FX goes on tour again, then I'll then I'll get yeah. them. I mean, um, the
1: Mighty Mighty Bostons are still doing it. Just, or a Real Big Fish is still. I, doing
0: I don't it. like ska horns. I can't. I can't do ska horns. That's the that's the sound of my nightmares. See, you like ska, <laughs> and
1: then you ironically like ska, and then you get so deep into the irony that you like ska again. It's
0: a it's a vicious cycle, it's a very really. Vicious cycle. So speaking to that uh we all know that all good things must come to an end and our generation will one day become you know fall into oblivion mm. um making way for the new generation i guess some people refer to it as generation Z so with that said if there was anything any kind of advice or sage wisdom that you can impart on the incoming generation when it comes to like just how to navigate society and culture what would you say
1: um i think one of the the bigger things that i needed to learn getting into the workforce and sort of making it for myself was not just the the corny don't give up Mm -hmm. but um don't compare your success to other people's successes okay speaking to a really millennial or post millennial Mm -hmm. post Post millennial, post millennial, we'll um, go with that market. I feel like we're, we're approaching a generation that's even more absorbed in social media. Okay. Um. So I do think that there is value in sort of stepping away from that, and um, really doing your research and and having the knowledge to take things with a grain of salt and having the knowledge to to say I don't need to put this on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because. As we we resent being advertised to, I think that we really sort of need to. We 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 yeah. consume it all the time, so sort of beating against that path um, can help you and hurt you. And and beating against the path of having everything in your life on social media can help Absolutely. you and hurt you. So mm-hmm. I think when you need to breathe,
0: okay, okay,
1: I think that's the the sagest breathe, <laughs> breathe,
0: <laughs> inhale, exhale. Um, I don't know, I, I I'm. I think I, I agree with the idea of kind of tempering what you put out there into the world because even if you aren't actively trying to establish a personal brand, mm-hmm. you, you, no matter what you do, it's just, you're you establishing to. a personal brand. Yes. Like <laughs> all the waking good waking up in the morning and it, yeah. making those product choices. Yeah, of what you're coffee establishing. You're yeah, you're yes. establishing a personal brand. You're establishing a lifestyle. You are putting data out there into the ether that people collect advertisers and marketers like us collect to determine how we advertise to you so if you don't want you know some rogue ad served to you that has nothing to do with how you live I mean, just don't broadcast that particular aspect if it's not true to who you are
1: sometimes it's hard it's i get spanish ads all the time
0: well i mean some of that's Probably geo geo location. Yeah, well, I'm Mexican. So well, that's why you get it. I know, but I don't <laughs> speak
1: Spanish. So like I'll be I'll be watching YouTube and all of a sudden I'll get a an ad for fabuloso or mm-hmm. for uh i got a mr clean ad you know the sexy mr clean yeah Super Bowl? yeah i got a mr clean ad in spanish In Spanish, yeah and i don't i like don't google things in spanish mm-hmm. if i do it's how to say a word in spanish so that i can talk to my extended family
0: so then where do you where do you get those ads served like what do you are you YouTube. on a browser youtube it's almost always on youtube youtube yeah. okay yeah.
1: i don't get i don't get any spanish mobile ads okay but i get spanish i get spanish video ads
0: yeah see and i listen to a lot of i listen to a lot of reggaeton oh yeah on Spotify oh, yeah, and so I get served Spanish, Spanish ads. ads all the time mm-hmm. so I mean it makes sense but you know you still have to be able to temper what you consume if you want the most accurate ad serve or just yeah. the most accurate advertising experience yeah so cool well thank you I, I appreciate like, that
1: of course I like the term advertising as an experience yeah there we I go I that.
0: like that That's very, it's very, very you know digestible yes I like that cool wow we're gonna move on to our next segment take it or leave it are you ready I'm ready Okay, so for those who are not familiar, Take It or Leave It is a segment that we do. It's kind of a round-robin rapid fire where I throw out a couple of trends, maybe an ad, some sort of pop culture reference that pertains to what we're talking about today. Um, And then we decide whether or not it's something that we are going to take with us or leave in the dust. So
1: This is where I lose all my credibility (laughs) because I live under a rock. (laughs)
0: Oh, it's fine. We'll we'll, we'll work through it one by one. Okay, we can do it. All right. So the first topic. Uh the television show The Great Indoors. Leave it. Leave it. Hard leave it. Hard leave it.
1: Joel McHale looks funny, but <laughs> it's not community, so I'm leaving it.
0: McHale is like, isn't he like forty three or something yeah. like that? He's, I don't
1: th- I don't know if he's that old, I but I feel
0: like he's in his like late, like super late thirties, early forties. And
1: he's playing this like very contrite millennial character. Yeah,
0: but he's he's kinda like the aging millennial. He's kinda like yeah. the, the the den father of the group. <laughs> The den, mother. the den mother, Joel McHale. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about the show. Like, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. I saw of it. some
1: mm-hmm. promos. I haven't. No, yeah. I, full disclosure: I have not seen a single episode. And,
0: I mean, it's fine. You get the gist of it from from Wikipedia. Really, um, it's just <laughs> it, it's it's one of those millennial-driven shows that kind of puts us in a sort of entitled, sort of whiny, thin-skinned kind of light, mm-hmm. but. Th- Believe it or not, there are people in our our generation that are like that. But again, that goes back to what I said before that there are people like that in every generation. There are some people who are thin skinned. There are some people who do take offense to things a lot easier than others. And that's not necessarily indicative of an entire generation. Yeah. We're
1: back to the idea of making vast generalizations about generalizations. Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's all meta. It's all meta. Super meta. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Next topic cable television
1: I don't I I'm, I'm gonna leave it leave it I'm, I don't pay for it yeah
0: <laughs> okay and so I brought this up because last night uh Rachel Maddow like made the announcement that she had some of Trump's tax I returns watch it couldn't watch it because no. we didn't have you know and had no one had cable No. and it was funny because a lot of people started tweeting about how you know if it weren't for Twitter most most Millennials wouldn't have even you know been able to watch this because most people don't most Millennials don't You know invest in cable
1: well you can buy now um with your your internet service provider a subscription to their online broadcasting Mm -hmm. cable yeah um and it costs considerably less than actually having a tv Mm -hmm. but um i still don't find a need to do so um mostly because either i have actually gone out and bought and this is where i'm i'm an older millennial, I mm-hmm. feel like an older millennial, because <laughs> I've gone out and bought DVDs. Oh wow! That I really, oh, really. Oh wow! <laughs> I have Mad Max on DVD. I have the whole, the newest
0: one. Uh, Fury Road. The, yeah, the latest yeah, one. Yeah. yeah,
1: I have all the Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings DVDs.
0: Oh Because man. they're like collectors'
1: items. But if I don't have anything to watch on Netflix, I don't have anything to watch on Hulu. I Mm -hmm. don't have anything to watch on Crunchyroll. And that's like three huge, giant websites full of streaming services. Uh If I don't have anything to watch or I just am not feeling it, I'll put one of those on. Okay. Um, And I feel like that's very generational. It's just the constant rewatch.
0: But I I I feel like all those shows and, and movies are available on like Netflix or something. You can't
1: get Harry Potter on Netflix. Okay. ABC Family has it. Okay. okay. And I don't have cable, don't so have cable. I had to buy them, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent fine. Same with well, I have the the Lord of the Rings extended cuts.
0: Well, then I mean, that's the only d- one you should yeah. have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I have those, mm-hmm. um, and no, those aren't those aren't typically on streaming services. Um, there are television shows that I'll constantly rewatch. Yeah. I constantly rewatch The Office. Okay. If I have like a bunch of stuff to do and I don't feel like listening to music in that moment, mm-hmm. I just put on the office. Okay.
0: Cool. Well yeah, cable television, I'd definitely leave it. I mean it's it's way too expensive. Even with a lot of the a la carte services, mm-hmm. like there's just a lot of channels. Even when I was a kid, I was like, There like we had cable that was five hundred channels wide and I would only watch three. Yeah. So it's just like it was At just a news, waste of
1: money. News is on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. The news app on your iPhone mm-hmm. vastly underutilized. Mm-hmm. Very, very helpful, mm-hmm. intuitive little piece of programming right there. Yeah. I wish more people would use it. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Next topic. Tinder. I've never
1: used Tinder. <laughs> I've never had I feel a like you're the, the only Tinder. millennial
0: who's never used Tinder.
1: I've never used Tinder. Um I don't I don't know. Or wait, what about I,
0: the, the concept of Tinder?
1: Also, meh. Hard <laughs> stop on that. <laughs> like, I uh, I feel like walking through life as a millennial girl mm-hmm. is just already complicated enough. Yeah, I
0: feel like Tinder, for, especially for women, has to be uh, terrifying.
1: I can't. Uh, there, there's a, a gay female dating app called Her.
0: Her, yes, I've heard of Her.
1: And it's just talking. Like, you're not, nobody on there is like, let's hook up, like, right now, like, let's go. Well, I feel like it's a a lot different for women
0: than it is for men. Yeah, but
1: specifically, like, you end up in, like, half hour conversations (laughs) about cats.
0: This is not helping female stereotypes at all. (laughs) I know, but you're also,
1: like, that's not online dating. Uh You're just sort of like, sometimes you just want to chat. Sometimes you just
0: want to (laughs) talk. Yeah. I get it. So that's fine, but Uh also
1: it gets you nowhere. Tinder is just like, Hey, what's up? I can meet you at this club in 20 minutes. And I don't...
0: Straight to the point.
1: Both of those things mm-hmm. are not the happy medium that I want to come to in my dating life. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> a, a meet someone at the coffee shop type oh, okay. of person. It's very old school. Or I met, uh, I met my current partner um at work Mm -hmm. and then we met up again at a record store, which is like the most millennial way to meet someone. That's
0: pretty much the plot line for like high fidelity, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean I, I, I leave it just for the simple fact that by the time I was married, like Tinder had wasn't a thing. Yeah. So that that was that was beyond my time.
1: Tinder was a big thing when when we first started dating and they deleted it from their phone mm-hmm. and it was like a an event like when you're dating someone now like and they deleted like it from your phone it's like whoa it's like we're in this for the this long is haul getting real <laughs> <laughs> they're so not crazy. talking to other people and they're not no longer buying into the idea that dating is just a disillusion uh-huh. <laughs> like
0: that's, that's that's funny. That's like when you finally announce your relationship on Facebook. Like, you make it public.
1: <laughs> that's old news, old man. I know, right?
0: <laughs> I told you. Aging millennial over here.
1: Deleting Tinder is the, <laughs> the new Facebook official.
0: <laughs> okay. So, next topic. Um, Cause-based cause branding. Um, so, basically... Brands or companies that kind of latch onto a social cause an economic cause. I'm on the
1: fence on this. Mm-hmm. Um, economic causes, I feel, work a little bit better. Okay. Um, mostly because the, there's a lot of political upheaval right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of international upheaval mm-hmm. right now. Um, for example, the South Korean president was just officially impeached. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of a lot of geopolitics going on right now. So I feel like those commercials and those causes don't uh, directly try to sell you a product. They sort of try to get you involved mm-hmm. and, and try to get you to to step up and, and do something. And I feel like that's effective because mm-hmm. it it's the emotional side of advertising. Absolutely. But um, I also see a lot of ads that are for always hashtag like a girl mm-hmm. or the dove love your body movement yeah um and they're super female focused mm-hmm. i haven't really seen too many that are for men that aren't goofy mm-hmm. you know i like the axe ones um that are kind of old news that are about like this is how you get a bunch of supermodels sniff you yeah but then they sort of evolve into the old spice like look at this car now back at me those commercials mm-hmm. I feel like those are the only like causes that that men have in this generation.
0: Well, I mean there's also there's oh, I can't even think of the ad um, it might have been for Wells Fargo where it was a man uh, coming home from a long trip you know overseas or, or an overnight trip and he, he walks to the door and it's his partner as opposed to a traditional relationship right you know his partner and his dog. And so, just the idea of bringing to light certain social things. Or, um, who was that makeup tutorial dude who's now the spokesperson for Maybelline? Yeah. 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 So, like, just taking traditional roles and kind of turning them on their head to kind of reflect the current times.
1: Yeah. I feel like those, even though they're... And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I hate the ones for (laughs) women and that, like, there's there's inequality here. (laughs) But um, I... I feel like you can go one of two routes, and you can you can pull on people's heartstrings and mm-hmm. say this is a social movement that we're getting behind in order to sell you a product. For sure. Or you can say let's let's throw out the social movement and just make fun of the people that we're trying to sell this product, mm-hmm. and they will get brain recognition because mm-hmm. we you know poked fun a little bit. Yeah. Um, both of those are trying to sell you something, yeah. and we run into that issue again mm-hmm. where. Um, there, there becomes a point where trying to identify so hard with someone comes a little pandery.
0: Yeah, it becomes disingenuous. Yeah, a, l- sure. a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I do think that some of the, especially feminist focused um, advertising movements are genuine. But um, I'd like to see I'd like to see some results. Like I'd I'd like to see my my NPR self says, "What is this accomplishing?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Like, what's the what what's change the point? Are we seeing? Like
0: here? where 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 are we going after this?
1: Yeah. What what happens next? Like yes, I've like given you my money, mm-hmm. um, and I'll continue to buy your products because I I do support that. But what are we? What are we sort of trying to accomplish after this? For sure. Um, what's next? Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of what's next, uh, the last topic we're going to talk about is um, emojis in place of words.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm on board. <laughs> oh, I'm no. very on board. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you seen the ones that are like when someone who's really into sports replies to you and they're like 100 emoji, bicep emoji, mm-hmm. we out here. hmm smoke out of nose emoji lifting mm-hmm. every day fire emoji <laughs> fire emoji <laughs> like
0: you need at least four or five flame emojis at yeah the end. you need
1: yeah. at least four or five flame emojis if if someone sends me a picture that I really like I'll just send them a flame emoji mm-hmm. Or, like, food specifically mm-hmm. of something that I really like. I just send them fire emojis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because most people that you're talking to get it. Like yeah, they, understand. they, it. they It's d-
1: like it's subset language. Mm-hmm. It's not... It makes no sense.
0: So you don't think for a second that people are just going to start reverting back no, to symbols and hieroglyphics? You know? Well,
1: do you remember lead speak? Yeah. In video games? Yeah. Where you replaced all your vowels... With numbers,
0: oh, you're such a nerd. I know.
1: <laughs> Leave me
0: alone.
1: So in video games, you can't send people like on Overwatch. You can't mm-hmm. send people emojis. Mm-hmm. So you can send people like the the text emo- emoticons. Yeah, yeah. So I'll send people like semicolon a semicolon, and it's like a little crying like eh, mm-hmm, face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but. In general, it's just like an emotion. Like you're not trying to give someone like a full sentence. Yeah, you don't want like a a dissertation. Yeah, Yeah, you're just just trying to give them a little little emotion or like some feedback that's not necessarily a word because you don't really have words for Mm -hmm. everything. So I think it's an expansion to the language. Mm -hmm. We might see it become added more often but mm-hmm. like in legal documents probably not
0: yeah I'm, I'm totally on board for replacing certain words and sentences with emojis because they just it still gets the point across as long as it's in the proper context
1: i also think that it's just for jokes yeah. like yeah. right now in yeah the current market, i'm never just, gonna i'm
0: never gonna write like an internal email in all emojis this is never gonna no, happen
1: but, but i've i've put emojis after internal emails <laughs> you, before. Have. you I have. have done that if if I want something to have like a calm vibe, I'll uh-huh. do like the three leaves in the wind. <laughs> Just
0: stay breezy, baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just chill it out. Just chill it out. Three leaf emoji. Wheatgrass emoji. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to create a dictionary so yeah. the, the folks out there can understand. Yeah, um, for oh.
1: sure. Because it's definitely thrown someone off before yeah, a little positive. Bit, little bit.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Uh, that wraps up Take It or Leave It. Uh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate you coming in. Of course. And uh, talking to us and everybody out there in podcast land. And um, we will be right back. All right, guys. That wraps up another episode of Provoke. I'd like to thank my guest, Sam Cook, for coming in and uh, waxing poetic on all things being millennial. Um, As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to Provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at EvokeAd.com. And be sure to follow Evoke on Twitter at EvokeAd and on Facebook at EvokeAdvertising to keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as a quote's concerned, keeping in with the theme of today's episode, this one comes from Pierre Bale. And he says, It is pure illusion to think that an opinion that passes down from century to century, from generation to generation, may not be entirely false. Y'all take care.